Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Kate Swenson is the author of Forever Boy, a mother's memoir of autism and finding joy. Kate, the founder of Finding Cooper's Voice, a nonprofit, The More Than Project, is a mother to four kids, a wife, and a proud Minnesotan. She writes and creates videos regularly about her life as a mother and an autism advocate for Facebook, Instagram, and her website, Finding Cooper's Voice. Her book, Forever Boy, A Mother's Memoir of Autism and Finding Joy, is available now and highlights the transformation that she went through after her son's diagnosis. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Forever Boy, A Mother's Memoir of Autism and Finding Joy. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. We had just started talking about motherhood and especially both of us being moms of four and sleep issues, which plague most parents, I know, in some way, shape or form. And you're saying your your youngest, who's 11 months, is just not a sleeper. And I have a not a sleeper too, and she still doesn't really sleep. It's like they don't need it. And that's the part I don't understand. <laughs> like I want to understand why I'm a why person. And she's like, I'm good. I'm good. Then she sleeps in in the morning and I have to get up at 630 with the other kids. And I'm just like resentful of her sweet baby head in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's like on a different time zone. Oh, yes, she is. Yeah. The nights are for partying. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, at least she'll be really fun later. <laughs> But I think sleep deprivation is just torture. I mean, everything changes in my life from like what I eat. Like I crave carbs. I want to, it's like a hangover. I want, and I'm just not productive. I don't want to exercise. And I, it's hard to live in that state for a long time because my oldest is autistic. So I didn't sleep for a lot of years. And it's just been so long. It's like, I'm done now. (laughs) I have to say I am divorced and remarried. And that is the major perk is that every other weekend I can sleep. I feel like you need a weekend away to sleep. You might not need a divorce. (laughs) But you you might need you might need like regular recharging visits if there's any way. It wasn't until I started sleeping again that I realized how completely sleep deprived I was. 
Um, my husband and I have talked about getting an apartment. There's like beautiful apartments going up near our house. And we're like, what if we rented one and just use it as like a sleep cave? <laughs> I was like, you're on to something. Like that is a thing, I think. Yeah. You could just call it an office. I know. We're working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, you wrote this beautiful memoir. I don't know when you did that in the midst of all this craziness. Although I hate when people say that. So anyway, but all to say, I'm very impressed that you also did that. Not to mention how detailed it was, right? You remembered or wrote down or something, just everything related to Cooper from his birth to just like all the details of the scores and what maybe this wasn't right. And then comparing him when your next child was born and all of it, like all the stuff. How did you, did you know all along you were going to write about this or did you keep a journal? How did this all happen? So I was a blogger back when blogging was super cool. Back when the WordPress platforms were the hit, I started blogging about Cooper and I would just write daily. So really, it really essentially was a journal because no one read it. (laughs) It was just me and it was raw and it was detailed. And so I was able to go through his whole life, which was very emotional. I went through it in six months and, you know, wrote this whole book about him. But I dug up a lot of feelings and I I dug them up, but I healed from them too. So it, it was great that I did it that way. Interesting. Yeah. So then when you were writing, you could go back to the blogs and pick the best pieces and put them in the book. Yeah, and fill it, but and fill in the details. But I will tell you, when you you, I, I'm sure you know this. When you write a book, like obviously your publisher wants new content, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I wrote everything down. But I have had readers say to me, many readers, like I didn't know that about you. I thought I knew everything, so I did master that. Exactly. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Wait. So, what's something that you feel like you included in the book that was not in the blog that people were surprised at? So, my husband and I were divorced and remarried to each other, and I touched on that a little bit. But out of like respect for our family, I didn't go into it in the blog that right. much. Okay. Also, aggression, which is a big thing that families of children with autism go through. I don't mm-hmm. talk a lot about that or medications. I'm pretty tight-lipped about that because I can't. I, in a blog, you can't control the narrative. Like someone can stumble upon it and read a paragraph and be mean and make judgments. Where in the book, I could tell the whole story and how mm-hmm. it fit in there. So I, I, I went into all those details. How do you feel about them all being out there now? Well, um, I had some funny things that my husband said to me, because um, I do have a little bit about being on Tinder when we were divorced, and he came home, and he was like, Tinder, huh? Like, just said, like, it's like the one word. You're like, Tinder. Hmm. And I'm like, oops, gotta go. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was, I, I shared everything, and the feedback has been so great, and seriously, 100% positive so far. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, so tell listeners more about... What leads a couple like you to get divorced and remarried? So my husband and I were very happily married, wanted babies right away, had Cooper. And all of our friends were in that age where everyone had babies at the same time. And we watched them go back to living in the sense that they were still doing camping or boating or whatever their hobbies were. And our life slowly turned off, meaning... Mm -hmm. It was doctor's appointments and therapies and IEPs, and we couldn't go out in the community. We couldn't go to restaurants. We couldn't. We have stories of camping and like needing Wi-Fi and Cooper screaming and like people asking us to leave and I mean just horrible stories. And eventually, we couldn't do anything that we wanted to do. We had to move to get Cooper services, which we willingly did, and left behind a life that my husband loved in a rural area. And I just took on a lot of his care and uh, became a martyr. 
which I fully admit I was the only one that could help him and the only one that could give him what he needed. False, by the way, but that's how I felt. And I pushed my husband away and he he retreated willingly just because it was so hard. So we spent a year and a half apart and I joke that he spent it in a boat and I spent it <laughs> in the gym and drinking. I don't know what I was doing, I'll be honest. I was surviving and came back together and it's just had two more kids. It's been it's been quite the love story. That's amazing. Yeah. So what are you doing this time differently? Like, how are you making sure that you don't slide back into that? Okay, so with four kids, that's really hard. I'm going to be honest. We do not have a lot of time for each other. And there's just not one second in the day. But what we do differently with Cooper, and for anyone that doesn't know, when you have a child with a disability, it's it's like endless amounts of paperwork and appointments. I mean, more than you could even imagine. I When I worked full-time, I would say four hours of every day of my work week was doing things for his care. Like, with phone calls and emails and stuff. My husband and I split it up. Like we just each have our own things. Like he handles Cooper's medical billing. I handle therapeutic horseback riding. Like we just like split it up and it saved us because he understood the weight that I was carrying alone. And we just, we split it in two. Wow. But how did you get past when you break up with someone? Well, it's not just breaking up. You got divorced, but yeah, I just feel like once you've made that decision, you carry a lot still like, I don't know. It's like, what is that term? Well, I don't know. Like when you, when you make a decision and then you find all this evidence to support it, you know, and you have to like double down if you're not sure, because like, that's what you chose. And so sometimes it can be hard to then take all that, strip all that away and get back to basics. This is the worst phrased question of my life, but how did you do that? So here's the interesting thing. We really didn't have any other problems besides the way we were grieving and accepting autism. That was really the hole in our marriage. Not Cooper. Cooper was perfect. It was just the way we were carrying the weight. I was super emotional. He was super laid back. I was like, get on the autism ride with me. And he's like, I'm on it. But you know, that was really our only struggle. So it's a really, it's probably my favorite part of the book. We came together for lunch after a year and a half. And I said to him, I failed. I failed. I devoted my whole my whole life, everything about me. I, I went all in to help Cooper learn to talk and live in this world in a world that accepts him. I went into all the details and I was like, I, I want to tell you I failed. And if you hate me, you hate me. And he, he stood up and hugged me and he was like, Cooper is everything because of you. It gives me goosebumps right now. And he finally acknowledged everything that I had sacrificed. And from that, we like went, like he like moved in like two days later. I'm not lying. Oh, yeah. It just amazing. was that like, also the five love languages really helped us too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That book is great. I love those. Uh, uh-huh. Good tips. Good tips. <laughs> How is Cooper now? Wonderful. He's my easiest. I, really? I, I'm joking. But all four of my kids are uniquely challenging in their own ways. And Cooper, so he's 11. He's a fifth grader. He is, he has some words. He communicates amazingly in a multitude of different ways. He has horseback riding and uh, Miracle League baseball. He loves to be home. So as long as he's home and he's not you know, being challenged in any way. He's just the happiest person you will ever meet. He wakes up joyful every single day. And we like that life for him. We've built a life around him. And we still can't really go out in the community easily. So like there's no restaurants, there's no airplanes, parks are hard, no grocery stores, that sort of thing. And that's will forever, I think, be a challenge until we kind of figure it out. But 
He, I will tell you, he's way easier than my emotional nine-year-old. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, different kids, different ages bring up all these unique challenges, right? But it's having to deal with all of them at once and you being the one carrying that burden, at least shared with your husband, but still, I mean. I always say Cooper, the way I describe autism, the way I describe families of four kids is moments of chaos, right? Like you're going along, moments of chaos. But then Cooper, so what he does is he can, I would say he turns the dial up and it gets like 110 degrees real hot, Mm -hmm. like real hot, real fast. And then that's when we can, we can like see it coming, like things imploding and, but we're able to pinpoint it now and we're, we've settled into autism. We're learning right alongside him and that's all you can hope for. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Do you ever get any outside help so you can go to the gym or get some time away to regain your sanity? So that's the hardest part, and it always has been, I think always will be, is getting good care. Cooper is essentially nonverbal, so we don't trust really anyone with him because Mm -hmm. we do, but we don't. He's so Mm -hmm. vulnerable and so can be so challenging. So like, it's hard to use grandmas now because grandmas are getting older and Cooper is getting bigger and stronger. We have a few college girls that are coming home on May 15th. Whoops, on the countdown. Um, (laughs) So excited about that. But I think that will be a, a lifelong challenge is getting good help. Man, you're amazing. You're, oh. I mean, no, I'm serious. Look, because you're so positive, you're literally like bouncing up and down with a big smile on your face, talking about these really challenging things that mm-hmm. could sink ships, you know? And Well, and the thing is, so I've actually had people online that say, you know, you're, you're glossing over severe autism or you're not talking about the hard parts of severe autism. And I talked about the hard parts for a long time. I really did really honestly and openly thinking that no one was ever going to care or say, hear what I had to say. And I went viral in a lot of different ways. And that's terrifying. 
<laughs> and I realized that if I wanted to have this discussion about severe autism, I needed to do it in a book or I needed to do it in smaller groups where I could make sure my message was being heard. Because when you just like blast it on the internet, it reaches the depths and it's not pretty. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You had this really beautiful passage, which I totally related to, and I'm hoping I can find it. You said, I am a confident woman. I know my role as a wife, a daughter, a friend, and an employee. But as a mother, I have found myself in a place of uncertainty where I can't figure out who I am or what my role is. I know many, if not all mothers, feel this way at some point, the pressure sometimes suffocating. We are our own biggest critics. I don't feel confident in how to help my son, yet I'm expected to. The decisions to help him felt monumental while I felt like I was playing a game with ever-changing rules. And on top of that, I am in between two entirely different worlds and I don't feel whole in either of them anymore. I long for them to overlap, but as the boys age, they rarely do. Mm-hmm. So I think of this, I always do this visual where there's the special needs world and I'm holding on to Cooper and he's like pulling me. And then Sawyer, my his younger brother by two years is in the world of baseball and hockey and play dates and birthday parties. And he's, he needs me over there. He needs me. And I often feel more comfortable in the special needs world. Like that hat like fits better because there's just, it's just easier to, to talk to other people and, and, and be in that world. I, yeah, I still don't know where I fit in. I really truly don't. (laughs) I just try. (laughs) Do you have, a best friend or somebody that you like confide in regularly or I'm, I'm looking, I, I keep asking cause I'm like, you must have more outlets. How could you keep all this in? So three years ago, I created a supporter group on Facebook where I brought in a couple thousand, um, invited them, special needs moms. And I was like, there have to be moms out there that think this is beautiful, but also say it's really hard and are scared for the future and are not angry all the time because it, it can be a confusing world in this motherhood stuff, right? Like you got to find who your people are, who you align with. And that changed my life. And I have so many friends now where we can text each other and say, oh, I give up or, you know, whatever it may be. Or, you know, Cooper got up at 3 a.m. this morning and asked me to buy a train movie online at 3.15. I mean, we can talk about these things. And that's changed my life. And did you buy the movie? Yes. Yes, I did. Go, go, go. (laughs) Love it. Amazing. So tell me a little more about the book itself. When did you decide the things went viral? Is that what, like, how did this become a book? Like, when did this become a book? What was the process like of just like hammering it out and getting it in and all of that? Yeah, I have a, it's a really cute story. So I was a writing blogger for a long time. And then when I started Facebook, I would do videos, just literally talk into my phone and talk about different parts of autism. And that's when I had a lot of things go really viral. Wanted to quit numerous times and kept going. And I picked up a follower from New York who was just absolutely wonderful. And she every live video, she'd be like, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I was like, you're too much. No, no, no. I don't have time. You know, and I don't know you. <laughs> ended up connecting and she connected me with her uh, neighbor who's an agent. I flew out to New York, had so much fun, wrote a proposal, submitted it and Park Row Books, which is part of HarperCollins, bought the book and I signed on a Friday or whatever day it was. And on Sunday, the world shut down for COVID. So it <gasps> legit shut down. We got the email from the schools and I was like, but we still have Cooper's therapy. 
shut down. I mean, and we're talking therapy is year round. It never ends. And I was blown away. Daycare ended. So I had six months to write 60,000 words with three kids. And then I found out I was pregnant. Surprise. It's a blessing. And it was really hard. And I questioned like my ability to be a writer. I didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't know how different writing a book was from blogging. But it, I think it's, it's perfect. It's, I'm so proud of it. It's exactly what I wanted, but it was hard. Wow. Yeah. So how did, how did you manage everything during the pandemic? So I wrote at night, but my husband and I have these funny stories that we tell now about fights where he's like, I'm like, I need to write, you know, 10,000 words. And he's like, right now. And I'm like, I don't feel inspired. Like, I, cause he's an insurance agent. And I'm like, you can run your quotes anywhere. I'm like, I have, you have to be in the right mind Mm -hmm. space to write. It's not, for me, it wasn't as simple as that. So I wrote a lot at night and the hard part was just keeping the kids out of the office. That was hard. But now I look back and it feels like a blip in time. I mean, I'm like, I did it somehow. (laughs) And what about Cooper? So did he get any services during that time or was everything, everything stopped for him as well? So it was, so it was twofold. It was very, very hard that all of his services ended And they did, I'm going to just say for like four months, because the kids with special needs got to go back before the other other kids in our school, because they don't respond to Zooms or virtual or anything like that. I'm like all the time, all of this, like all these kids in our neighborhood and he had huge gains. So it was, it was kind of a positive thing. Well, that's good. Yeah. Wow. I just love your optimism and spirit. It's I, I'm serious. I, I sound hokey. I know, I, but I'm. It's really awesome. It's really awesome. So now that you've gotten the taste of the memoir book world and all that, are you going to write another book, or what? Are, what are you thinking? What's your What's your plan? Well, I, I just kind of I'm afraid that I couldn't do better than this. So I have a little little fear of that. I don't know if that's common in writers. Like I'm like I don't know if I could. Yeah, I love this. I don't know if I could do it better. I also, this is the first 10 years of Cooper's life. So it's like, I think the next book would really be the next 10 years, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. I think I'm, um, my, my honest plan is to take the summer off. I've been working really hard for three years on this social media stuff mm-hmm. and I want to enjoy my babies. Yep. I spent my weekend this last weekend with my dad who recently had a stroke oh. and he talked a lot about like death. And like, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, my life's over and was saying these things. And when he left, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I, was like, I have to enjoy every second. I felt a lot of pressure. So I'm going to enjoy my babies this summer and relax. It sounds really nice. I know I haven't done it in so long. I haven't like my little guy is always like, mommy, look at my face. Cause my head's in my phone a lot. I'm always working and I don't want to miss this. So I'm going to just pause for a while. That's wonderful. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Well, right. I mean, that's my that's my recommendation to anyone. Writing, I think, can be the most therapeutic thing ever. You don't have to share it. Like a lot of my stuff wasn't even shared. I just wrote it down and it helped me so much to put it in, you know, my little universe. So definitely write. And then the second thing is your story matters. I say this all the time to autism moms. Your story matters. It, 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 it's so important to share it because you could help one person. So know that. It doesn't have to be some profound thing. It, it will touch someone. I love that. Amazing. Kate, thank you. Thank you for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books. Thank you for being such an inspiration. You say that you don't know what you're doing or what world you belong in, but I feel like you have found your world here in the writing universe. So keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 